This is a Killer Pencil Podcast, session number 134. I wasn't focused on creating a sustainable business. I was focused on creating a good product. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I'm really excited about our guest. Oh, man, me too. Now, who are, who are we talking to? We are talking to Stan Prokopinko. You, many of you have seen his channel, Proko, over on YouTube, and yeah. it is amazing. So is much amazing. great content. And he's got a, a special link for our uh, listeners today, so I'm real excited about that. This is one of the hardest working guys uh, I know of and just a stellar work ethic, so can't wait to share this interview with you. Stan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it, and we're looking forward to talking to you. All right, so give us just a little overview, sort of just a, a background of you know who you are and what you do as an artist. Um, okay, so background. I guess I moved to the United States from Ukraine when I was a kid, and I was drawing a lot as a little kid. That's what my mom told me. You don't remember that In part? High, yeah, I don't. I don't remember drawing that much, but she said that when I was really little, she would just give me paper and pencil, and I would just entertain myself for a few hours yeah yeah so but i don't remember that i was very little i guess but then as a teenager i had a little um, a mentor who was an artist trained me for a few months in oil painting and then in high school i took a lot of animation classes and a lot of drawing classes and then while still in high school i started studying at the watts atelier that was really close to my house and i really kind of got lucky with that one because I think it, yeah. it's known as like one of the better ateliers in the United States. So, and it was right by my house. So I, yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So that's where I got most of my training. I took workshops from a bunch of people, you know, Steve Houston, Glenn Vilpu, several others. But yeah, that was, that's mainly where I, I learned. I was there for, I studied for about five years there. And then I, I got a teaching position there for another five years. And then I started blogging some tutorials and those got popular and then I made those into YouTube videos and that's where I'm at now. Oh cool. I that was one of the questions I was I guess I was going to ask you. Where so where is YouTube in your content strategy overall for your business, the Proco business? Well, it all started with YouTube. My whole business started okay. there. It started just as a YouTube channel where I published free stuff like I wasn't making making money okay. at all in the beginning so it all started as a YouTube channel now what it is is it's kind of it's like a social network it's where I yeah. advertise I mean my videos are still free tutorials on there but right. they're meant for bringing attention to my paid videos that are on my website right yeah okay okay that makes sense I did notice that yeah you're directing people 
over to your website from the YouTube videos, most of the, most of the ones that I've seen. Hey. Yeah, I mean, most lessons that I have that are part of my my main content, uh-huh. they're, they're shorter versions of the paid lessons. But I mean, YouTube is still a, a really important part thing to me. I mean, the community there is important to me. It's mm-hmm. not just like for marketing, you know, like I... Right. The culture there is important as well. Like a connection with with yeah. your students. Yeah, right? build, and, yeah, connections with them and building, just building an audience, even if they're not paying me anything. I mean, I think that's really important because, I mean, I'll make free videos that aren't advertising anything as well. Like, you know, like right. I'll, I'll have a, you know, a Halloween episode where, you know, we, we teach how to draw pumpkins and spheres, and and that's just a free lesson. That you seem like you're having a lot of fun in in your video. Yeah, I am. I mean, I gotta <laughs> say, I mean, it's just it, it's pretty entertaining. And if you're listening today and you haven't checked out Stan's YouTube channel, it's it's really entertaining. I mean, you've got a lot of humor in your videos as well, so it's really a treat. Yeah, I, I feel like that's what I mean. People want to be entertained as well. Right, on, especially right. on YouTube, you know, that people go there to enjoy a video instead of, you know, going to school. People don't really go on YouTube with the same mindset as they would on like an online course or something like that. Mm-hmm. They want to be entertained a little bit. And I like to have fun while making the videos. So, <laughs> so it works out. Yeah, you can, you can tell. Yeah. When you started with YouTube, did you go into it knowing that it was going to turn into a business venture or did you start and then it turned into it and you kind of ran with it from there. I, I was hoping it would, but I, I, I wasn't sure. I, was, it, I wasn't like planning on it, but I was hoping it would. So I had a bunch of ideas of things I could try, but the first like 10 videos I made, I didn't really even attempt to sell anything. I was just building a newsletter li- ma- mailing list. So I think if you even watch my very first video, I asked people to subscribe to my mailing list, which I wasn't really sure what I would do with it, but I I knew it was important to be able to email people and just give them updates on what I'm doing. So how long ago was that? Oh, geez. Uh, 2012? 2012, I think. So was that five years? Yeah, it looks like it was about five years. I'm I'm, I'm stalking you on YouTube right now. I'm going back and looking at where you started and where (laughs) they kind of progressed from there. I think it was like August 16th or something was my first video, I think, of, of 2012. But I mean, I started making tutorials before that. I had a blog on my personal website where I would write, you know, blog posts like in article style where it would be, you know, images and text, just kind of explaining how to do things. And they were very similar to my videos. They, they, I tried to have humor in them, tried to simplify things for people. And I did that for, I think, about two years before I started making any videos. That's nice. I have a feeling that that made the videos much more entertaining to start with because you started with kind of a goal. So many, I know for me, when I started with YouTube, I didn't know what my goal was other than I want to make a time-lapse video. Like I wasn't trying to teach. It took me forever to get to that point. And I think that that really held it back. And I'm looking through your content and you just have so much valuable content right from the beginning. So I think I have a feeling that the, the blogging that you did just contributed so much to your your channel seems so much more defined, like early on, much more defined yeah. than, than you usually most of us start with on YouTube. Yeah, I had a pretty good idea, I guess, of what kind of content I'd be creating from my very first video. Well, actually, you know what? No, my second video, because the first video I made for YouTube, I didn't publish it. <laughs> So <laughs> it's still it's still on my channel as unpublished. It's a draft because I I put it up. I never hit the publish button, but I watched it again. I was like, man, this is really not that good. 
And I just, I just scrapped the whole thing and I started over with a different video and it was way better and it kind of set the tone for the rest of my videos. But yeah, the, the blogging was great practice of teaching online for me. So is there a lot of like cross pollination between a lot of the viewers and readers of your blog and uh, people that purchase your courses and people that are over there at YouTube? Or do you see those as sort of more distinct audiences? And I mean, we talked a little bit about that. So I wondered if, if you have a better sense of that. Well, I don't do much on the blog anymore. I, I don't think I've written oh, okay. a post on my blog in like three or four years. <laughs> like, yeah, once I started making the YouTube videos, I pretty much just stopped blogging. It, it, okay, it replaced, so that is your content. Yeah, it, re there. it replaced it completely. Yeah, because it was, they were both doing the same thing. I was just making yeah. tutorials. And, I, and once I started making video tutorials, it, it was, I, I felt like it was a superior medium for it. So there was no purpose mm -hmm. of making the blogs. But I mean, if you go on Proko.com instead of my personal mm -hmm. blog, like it, it started on my personal blog, StanProkofanko.com. But if you go to Proko.com, which is what my YouTube channel is now, I still make, you know, like blog posts for each lesson. So like under each video, you'll see images and text. So it's still in article format. And I just do that just for like SEO, just so Google picks up on all that stuff. Right, right. Yeah, but but I start with the video and then I create the, the article afterwards. Let's talk a little bit about your your business then, your overall business and your, you have, how many employees do you have? Uh, at the office, I have five, including myself. And then we have freelancers as well that work for four freelancers that work full time. And then another like five or six that are part time freelancers. Now, did you start hiring like in 2012 or was it before that or um, after that time No, period, no, not right away. I think I started hiring in 2013 or 14. It was during my figure drawing course. So yeah, it was definitely more than a year into the YouTube channel. And I mean, I didn't hire like everybody at once. Like it was very gradual. But the first- As you needed help. As I needed it. it, yeah. The first person yeah. I hired was just to help me edit. And he was part-time, you know, he was just mm -hmm. helping me edit. I was still doing most of the stuff. And then eventually I started, you know, I started trusting him more and then he started doing more and more of the editing work. And then- then, then I hired a different editor full-time, and then I hired a marketing person full-time. And then during, the, during all of that, I was hiring freelancers just kind of project by project for, to do like animations for me for the videos. And yeah, it was just whenever I, the business got to a point where I could afford to de delegate more of my own work to somebody else, I would do it. Do you feel like there's a time that you, it, what are the signs? What is there a time that you know when that's right? Or is that something that you just kind of, did, did you ever hire too quickly? I guess is what I'm asking. And, ha, you know, have you gone through that where it's like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Or are these all 1099 employees and they have the work as you no. give it out to them? I mean, initially they were 1099, but once, once we got the, once we purchased the actual office and we all started working here at the office, and I, I converted them to employees because, I mean, that's, I think legally you kind of have to do that. Um, yeah. So, and now everybody that works at the office is an employee and they're all full time. But how do you know? I have hired too quickly, meaning I've, I should have probably done a little bit more interviewing before I hired, mm -hmm. but I haven't 
hired. Like I haven't asked, like gone out to fill a position too quickly. Yeah, I, I've actually gotcha. I've probably been a little too slow. Yeah, I, I wish I started hiring. It's always better to err on being too slow about that. A little bit, yeah. I, I would think, yeah. yeah. It's definitely better. You want it to be money well spent. <laughs> yes, but I, I know when I, looking back, I know that if I started hiring a little earlier, I would have it would have been better. But you know that that's fine. It was only like six months too late. It, the problem with most like new business owners like myself was that I just didn't feel like I could trust people to do the work right. at, like like I was doing it. I thought, oh, no, nobody's going to do it like I do. But I mean, that's not like there's talented people that could do it just as well or even better. Is that is that really true? I mean, uh, that I mean, that is uh, what gets in people's way. I mean, if we're talking to a mid-career artist right now, they're listening to this, mm-hmm. or maybe that you know, maybe they feel like you know they're just overwhelmed and they do need a lot of help, but they're scared because they feel you know that angst about it, it like oh, the, the quality won't be what I want it to be, or you know that it's just they can't do it the way I do it, that kind of thing. Well, it depends, I guess, on what the job is that you have them do. Like, I still haven't found an affordable artist that could replace my drawings. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Okay, but so the first thing you did, it was it was technician kind of jobs. I mean, like editing videos, right? Yeah, that and, and there's a lot of people that edit way better than I do. I, I'm not the best editor. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I can tell a story well, but yeah. the technical stuff, no. How do you even find some, like, this is a, a problem that I have. I'm going to need to hire. I should have done it a while ago. I need to hire people for a lot of this. Where do you even look to hire somebody on the creative side of these type of jobs? Well, I've hired from many different sources. So my very first, well, the, not my fir- the first one was a, a friend's recommendation. Somebody, you know, I uh, I met this person through a friend and 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 he he was a student and I was like oh would you like to get paid for helping me out and he was a fan of my videos at the time so so that that's how the very first one got started but then when he he moved out of town and I had to find someone else and the way I got the second one who is currently like my main guy he's he he's helping me with, with a lot of the day-to-day stuff and, and he I found him on Craigslist really yeah, <laughs> that yeah, and, and you're he was still here very to tell last... us about it. Yeah, and he's still he's still. Here. So you were buying a couch or a fridge? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, there's job posts on Craigslist. A lot of people look for yeah, jobs on Craigslist. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, now you have to pay for to post a job on there, but I, I think at the time, I, I think it was still free. But uh, and now. The la- the latest few people I hired have been from Workable. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that seems like the the leading job search place. Yeah. Okay. So now though, you you don't have any remote workers, and I I get that I do you have didn't remote. ever have or you do. Yeah, you I have I have like okay. ten to twelve people that work freelance. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and okay. then. So are there yeah. certain jobs though that you wouldn't have as a freelance job that is remote? Or someone, oh, yeah. um, do you see certain roles like, oh, you have to be right here with me? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the, the people who work in the office, they're doing the jobs that uh, I wouldn't be able to delegate to someone. Well, I mean, maybe I could, but it's just way easier if they're right here. We're communicating, you know, brainstorming together in the same place. The, the problem with remote working with people remote is that you have to communicate through emails most of the time because a lot of people are 
maybe in a different country. They're in Europe, or um, some of the animators are in India. I, I got pe- you know people in um, Ukraine and I think Germany or no, sorry, Spain. And so th- we are in totally different time mm-hmm. zones, and that makes it difficult to communicate you know we could do it on skype but like if they're they're in america we could do it on skype but that is it's still not the same somebody's getting up at 3 a.m though (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah right now i'm working with a team to to build a new website and they're in they're in russia and basically we have one hour that kind of overlaps our our schedule i have to make sure i am i'm ready to talk by 8 a.m and and for me, that's difficult because I have a, a newborn son. He's three months old. And so, wake, you know, getting up at 8 and or being ready to talk to someone at 8 a.m. isn't the easiest thing. Right. But <laughs> oh, I remember those days. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they're at, I think, 6 p.m. at the time. So I'm just yeah. starting my day and they're like ready to go home. Right. And right. so we have like that one hour to, to communicate. But that's fine because we're building a website and they just need my feedback every once in a while. So um, so let me ask this then. Why, why did you decide, hey, I'm going to build a team as opposed to just being small, staying small? But doing a lot of things yourself and maybe being profitable, you know, qu- quite profitable. But but building a team also takes a lot of I mean, how, how many hours of a week do you work? I mean, how right how now much time is involved with that. I mean, yeah. right now I, I, I just have a new a new son. So it, right now is a little right. different than the past five years. Yeah. I'm working a lot. So right before now. he was born, maybe right before you know. he was born, I was working 40 to 50 hours a week. Okay, but, like a typical yeah, job. Yeah, okay, it's gotcha. a normal job. I, I'm, right. I was a lot more balanced the past few years than I was when I started because so I team. have a team, yes. Yeah. And that's the mm. re- That's one of the biggest reasons I started hiring was because I just couldn't do it on my own anymore. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was doing a lot of all-nighters. There were times when I didn't sleep for 40, 50 hours straight. Because I had to publish wow. stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. People are paying for this course and they expect new lessons. Right. And it, and I'm like already behind a week on my publishing. And so I had to stay up, you know, all night. Yeah, it's not sustainable. No, it's not. It's not. When you have a lot of people really depending on you to release new videos regularly. Sure. And my videos, they're not that simple. Like I'm not just, you know... I'm not just turning on the camera and, and recording myself talk and draw. My videos are more like like films where they're scripted and they have 3D animation in them. Right. Um, right. I have a lot of visuals switch, you know, constantly changing on the screen to keep things moving. There's just there's so much work that goes into them that I kind of I created a lot of work for myself. But I was really excited to just create the best possible product I could rather than getting, you know, I wasn't focused on creating a sustainable business. I was focused on creating a good product. And by doing that, I, love that. I, I got a lot of work. <laughs> you know, I couldn't I couldn't keep up yeah. anymore. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, Stan, and talk to you is, and if you're listening today and you've not, I don't know how you couldn't hear about the Proco channel on YouTube, but if you haven't seen it, if you haven't checked it out, you know, these videos are, you know, you set the bar really high. I mean, these are very enjoyable to watch it. And you're you're right. You you simplify things in a way that, you know, it rivals any other channel, I think. Oh, thank you. 
So I appreciate. Yeah, that. I mean it's really really good. I I use it sort of as a benchmark when I start <laughs> thinking about topics. I really do, and I I look at what you've said about it and what mm. you're what you're uh, putting out there. Oh, thank so. you. Well, Stan, let's talk let's talk a little bit more about the marketing side of your business. I mean, do you focus on a lot of SEO? You mentioned that earlier. What is your focus kind of with your business and where do you see it going like in the next maybe three to five years? Do you plan that far ahead with what you're doing? Okay. Well, okay. So SEO or, <laughs> or where it's going? Well, okay. Let's start, let's start with the marketing and the okay. SEO. And I mean, you're building a website. I was thinking that maybe that's kind of fresh on your mind right now. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where my, my goal is in the next few years. I am building mm-hmm. a website and it's, it's not just like a website for me to publish my videos or like a WordPress type of thing. It's more of, it's a full on platform slash social media site for artists. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty big venture. Very expensive. Wow, that's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really, really expensive. <laughs> Cause I'm working with the guys that did CG hub. If you're familiar with that, they, that, that website, the owners took it down for no reason whatsoever, but, or no, no reason that they told anybody, but but the developers of that website are very, they're very skilled and I'm working with them right now. And, and so that's what I'm hoping that the site will be or that my brand will become is it's a social sc- online school for art, oh, okay. for artists. So you have your, the videos that, the lessons that are all up there, but under each lesson is a, a discussion group, kind of like a forum, like a Facebook group style thing. And people um, can submit their assignments for review and other students can critique those assignments. Uh, the teacher can critique it and people get rewarded for helping other students. So it, it's like there's gamification involved and. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How were you inspired to do this? I mean, did, okay. Did you look around like at Udemy and Craftsy and Teachable and all these uh, Skillshare, all these other platforms and say, Hey, they're missing out on this element or this element. Or yeah. Something of course. Like that? Of course. I, I did uh-huh. research on other online schools and I, I signed up for courses on these other schools and took some to, to see how the experience was. Kind of like, you know, your market research. If I'm going to spend right, all this right. money developing my own, I better know what's out there already. And, I, you know, I took notes of what's good, what's bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, but before I even did the research, I had my own vision already. So I think that is important, though, is to, to try to get your own vision as far as you can in your brainstorming before you start researching. Because once you start looking at other, other websites, you kind of get stuck at those ideas. Yeah, you just start copying because it's easier to copy rather than develop your own idea. Well, and it's also just a, it's a, it's a bias that you don't even know you, you have, you know, if you, if you start looking at it. It's like, oh, this idea is already in my head. It's an implicit bias. Yeah. You don't even know why. Yeah. So I, I had an idea developed as really far already and I was developing it for like the past three, three to four years. I started, I had this idea very early on. I just couldn't afford making it. It was too, too big of a, a venture for me at the time. And so I just started it like six months ago. Interesting. Yeah. You keep talking about how much money it costs. You know, you know, that's, that's a, a burning question now in my mind. Oh. <laughs> it's a rude question. I'm not going to ask it, but <laughs> it's, uh, I work in software development, so I know how much money oh, yeah. this stuff costs. Yeah, anybody that knows, if you're working with a software development firm, how, yeah. But yeah. The, the only reason I say that is because I, I just want to say, like, it's a it's a really big 
thing that's going to take a long time. It's not. Oh yeah, right. Th- right. That's what I'm focused on. But You're not turning this around in a couple of months. Or no. Anything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's six figures. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. That yeah, I, I've, yeah, yeah. I feel it's a big investment. Um, but you were asking about SEO. I don't do too much too much SEO in in the sense of like researching keywords to use and then trying to mm-hmm. trying to create tutorials based on those words. I just follow best practices, you know, based you know what Google recommends and and your it's the typical white hat practices. Mm-hmm. You know, have good headers, H ones and H twos and bold words that are important and you know have a lot of Anymore, different types of I mean, media these algorithms are getting so much better at just natural language yes. and looking at websites for the the actual genuine content yeah. rather than yeah exactly. any of these black hat kind I'm of i'm so words. glad because i was always really bad at the all of the you know the keyword stuffing and all that i just wouldn't do it i just refused and so i wouldn't rank high because of that so i really like the way they're doing it better now yeah yeah, and I am focused on more of like marketing rather than SEO, like getting out, getting just getting the word out there about the site and not trying to rank high in search. Yeah. Well, how are you, how are you doing that? What are what are some of the primary channels then, other than YouTube? I and mean, we talked about that. Um, so collaborating with other creators is mm-hmm. a big one um, because well they have you know, hundreds of thousands of subscribers on their channels and some, you know, sometimes millions. Like I, I collaborated with Jazza. I'm sure almost everybody mm-hmm. knows about Jazza. He's, he's kind of the leader now on YouTube. Um, he's at 2.1 million or something like that. But I collaborated him with last year on Halloween and I, I'm, I collaborated with like Steve Houston and Glenn Vilpu and um, Steve, Steven Silver. Right now, I, this or next week, I am collaborating with Aaron Blaze. He's the guy. Oh, that I love anim- him. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He animated he's one of my favorites. Beast, yes. Beast and Beauty and the Beast, and um, I think I think he animated Jasmine. Um, um, he did The Lion King. He did he did a yeah. lot on he did a few things I believe on Aladdin. I know Lion King was one of his bigger ones that he did a lot a lot on. His mm. resume is insane. Yeah, he's well, great. He might make it then. He might make it. All right. <laughs> he's yeah, he's made it. Uh, but yeah, so we're collaborating. We're going to the zoo and we're drawing together, and we're both publishing videos and, and promoting each other. So that I mean, that's an obvious way of of getting right. the word out there. It, it's harder to do that for people that are just starting out. I mean, right, how do you right. contact Aaron Blaze if you have you know 500 subscribers on YouTube? I mean, he, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to speak for him, but I, I'm sure he would not say yes to that. It's not a fair collaboration. Well, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make sense. That's one yeah. thing that I, I wish more artists when they get started on, on YouTube would understand. And you know, here, public service announcement for those who are listening, they'll get mad. I've had people who had, you know, 500 s- subscribers contact me and let's do a collaboration. It's like, that doesn't make sense that there's no value to me in that. And that yeah. may sound selfish, but I mean, let's be realistic. Contact somebody else with 500 subscribers. That's perfect for you. Like, exactly. You've got to have that balance, that fit. And I've worked with, like, I worked with artist Leonardo. I've had some really good opportunities to do collaborations with other bigger channels than my own. And I was very lucky, but they contacted me. I didn't, con- you know, if you're the smaller one, it usually doesn't work out too well if you try to contact someone who's, yeah, you know, put more more work into it, essentially. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm going to be working with an artist who just started you- on YouTube, Cesar Santos. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Um, yeah, but I'll look him let up. Me see, mm-hmm. Let me see how many subscribers he has right now. He just started like 
I don't, maybe like six months ago. But the, the reason I'm, I'm collaborating with him is because I knew him before he even started the YouTube channel. I know he's an amazing artist. And I know his YouTube channel is going to be very popular within, within the next few years. And I, I just know, yeah, he only has 24,000 subscribers. Um, I mean, only, I mean, I'm comparing it to like Aaron Blaze and, you know, Jazza, who's got 2 million. But for somebody who just started a few months ago, that's actually a that's lot. That, really that's good. Very yeah, good. yeah, that's really, yeah. really good. It's very good for someone that just started. And it just shows that he's creating good I do content. know this guy. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, if you look at his him. work, it's obvious he's going to yeah, be great. What is his name oh, yeah, again? Yeah. Cesar Santo. Yeah. And, and so I'm. he's traveling to San Diego in January to do a collab with me. And we, we might I mean, we might even make a product together where he, he records a demo and stuff. Um, but so that's the, the collaboration thing. That's an obvious one. I just recently started sponsoring other YouTubers, smaller YouTubers that that get... A lot of views, but that's not a. I mean, that's like a paid thing. You you pay them a little yeah, bit, and then yeah. they mention you. So is that the same thing with like uh, the artist network? Uh, I notice you've got uh, some courses. I think on there sometimes on their newsletter that they email out. Is that like a paid? The artist of... network. Yeah, yeah. So them, I believe they sell my DVD. I think. Yeah, my I portrait think DVD. I, I know I've seen. Yeah, yeah, that that was right. Yeah, I know I've seen your your name pop up on one of their newsletters. Okay. Oh, I might have written a. I might have been a guest writer for one of their newsletters. I, I think I remember doing okay. that. Okay. Okay. Um. So I mean, that those are great opportunities if you could create content for somebody else. Like if you're a smaller YouTuber or just if you have a blog and you want to promote yourself, um, write an, write a tutorial. And um, send it to some place like that, or like which takes guest bloggers, and propose you know propose it to them. Say, hey, you, would you like to publish this on your on your and blog? And some of them even pay. I've actually worked with one who would pay. I want to say it was something like forty or fifty dollars for an article, but it didn't necessarily take long to do. So sometimes yeah. you can actually get paid to do that in addition to something that's promoting yourself. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing is that you're going to get visibility from that. They're going to link to your website, obviously. But yeah, getting paid is great too. But it, I, I think of it more as a, of a long-term strategy. Yeah. Um, the great thing is you're going to get a link that's good for Google. I mean, the yeah, the main thing for for SEO is just getting links to your website. That's the biggest right, thing. Right. That's what their whole algorithm. Legitimate based on. links. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, links from from big sites like Artist Network and. So when will this? What? So what are you calling this website? I. I... <laughs> I want to give it some kind of name. Well, it'll be it'll be Proco, but it'll it'll okay, replace okay. the current one. I'm, gotcha. I'm right now. I'm calling it Proco 2.0, but it, it'll just be Proco. Gotcha. <laughs> that's just that's just what I call it. <laughs> yeah. So so any kind of what's what's the projection on that? When uh, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Kinda... I'm shooting no? for I'm shooting for maybe a year from now. But you know how it goes. Oh, you yeah? shoot for a year, and it, yeah, it, it yeah, happens yeah. three years later. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not the PM on this project, are you? <laughs> you're like the uh, the one consulting and tell, giving direction and that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, gotcha. yeah. I, I'm. I you have get the to vision. keep all your hair. Then, I, <laughs> yeah. I, there is a guy who's who's managing all everybody mm-hmm. on it. I mean, it's a firm, so they they have all the their people there and and they're working together. I just tell right. them what I want. Yeah, that's the way to do now, it. How did you nice. get to where you started learning about marketing and started learning about this? Because I know that's that's one area that most artists kind of fail at badly. They don't learn the marketing side. Yeah, and it's, 
Yeah. It's there. I think the information's out there, but a lot of people don't really, they're afraid to look into it. How did you get started learning about all of this? Well, that's a full on 30, another full on <laughs> podcast right there. I mean, <laughs> give I, us a summary version, okay. maybe. So, I mean, I've, I've started like six failing businesses already. So, Oh, I've wow. had a lot of practice uh, failing. And Proco was my most recent one, and it's the one that succeeded, and it's the one that I'm focused on. But before that, I started a bunch of random companies that didn't, you know, didn't really work out in the end. Everyone, so you're not afraid to make a mistake. No, I mean, that, of course that's not. You a big have to thing experiment. Right there, you know, you have to right. experiment. You have to try things, and that's how you learn. And you just have to create. You just have to do stuff. You just got to start making things. Just don't wait. Just go for it. If you're inspired to make something, just do it and, you know, spend time doing it. Don't be lazy. And eventually you'll, you'll just you'll find out about resources of where you'll you'll learn all this information. Podcasts were really big for me when I was first learning how to start a business. Uh, I, I know Mixergy was like a big one for me. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah, Mixergy yeah. was huge. I listened to it like mm-hmm. every day for I think two years. It was like I tell you, that's, that's an MBA right there. It is getting it's your great. education right there. It really is. It was. Yeah, it's so good. It, I started every morning with a Mixergy interview, and then I would get a bunch of ideas from those interviews, and I would explore the, those ideas, and I would uh, research more on what I learned. Yeah, and some of them I would actually try out and implement in my own business, and. And what, you know, I learned what works and what doesn't work. I, you know, you read books. So you're applying a lot of the business, just business principles to this business of being an artist is really what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, my business right now isn't really the business of being an artist. My, my business is more of being a teacher. Teacher. Yeah. My, my, the Proco, we don't sell artwork. We don't, we don't create art. I mean, we create artwork for the lessons just to illustrate a, a point that we're teaching but mm-hmm. we sell lessons we sell courses so we're more of a school we're not artists i mean obviously we're the, the people working here are all artists but if you're if you if you don't want to teach or create certain you know some products that you're selling if you really just want to make a living being an artist it's a little bit different that's kind of what i was doing initially with my blog posts uh, the, the goal was really just to promote myself as an artist. And I was just trying to get visitors to my website. And I knew that you know, by creating tutorials, I would get people to visit my website because people want to learn. They were all free because I just wanted visitors. So, I mean, I, and I think that's a, a really good strategy for people. Mm-hmm. But that changed for you. It changed for me. It changed because I realized that I'm pretty good at teaching and that I like making videos as well as painting, you know, so, and it, it proved to be pretty lucrative. So I kept going with that. And right, my, my long-term goal is to create a business that doesn't depend on me anymore so that I can... I wondered about Yeah, so that okay. I could paint because I, I don't mm-hmm. get too much time to create my own artwork. But I'd like to separate myself, not completely. I, I mean, I want to be involved in it, but enough so that I could just paint for myself, not worry about having to sell it, just paint what I want to paint. That's the goal. But uh, what I was saying about, you know, for if, you, if you're just an artist, not a, a teacher or, or creating a product to sell, if you just, if you want to make a living being an artist, right now it's a lot easier because of Instagram and how, you know, how easy it is to promote yourself on Facebook and all these other social networks. It's much easier if you're good and you just start posting your work on Instagram you're going to get a lot of followers. And, but the, if, if you're good, 
you know, if, if you're among the, the, the best, uh, because if you post something really good and one person that has, you know, 100,000 followers, sh like, shares it or re repost it or something, you're gonna, you're instantly gonna get a few thousand followers. And then, and then you keep posting really good content, then, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> you just keep getting more followers. And it, it, it's really easy. Like, I notice when I post, a, like, a really good piece of art on my Instagram, it, they perform so much better than when I just post um, like a promotional thing or, or or not even a promotional thing, but just like a sketch uh, of something. It, it's the quality of the artwork is like the, ma the, the main thing that determines how popular that post is going to be. So Stan, what are you currently working on right now? Is there anything that's that you're really focused on right now? Um, yeah, well, right now we're finishing up or not finishing up, we're, we're continuing to work on our anatomy course. We, it's been about, two, I think, two years now that we've been working on it. Uh, we're starting the leg portion of that. I broke it up into torso, arms, and legs. So we're starting the third part, and right now it's in pre-sale. So we're um, we're gonna release the first lesson in January. So we're right. Oh, it's, very cool. Yeah, it's in a discount pre-sale right now. Awesome. And actually, I I'm creating a coupon code for your listeners if they want to go check it out and get an, another. Oh, thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank get you another twenty so percent off of the current price. I'll I'll do so. Sharpen artist SA twenty SA twenty SA twenty. Yeah. Okay. Great. To do that. But yeah, so that, I mean, that's what we're working on is just making those lessons. We're also working on perspective course uh, that's going to, I don't know when that's going to come out. That's with a guest instructor. And we're finishing up the caricature course also with a guest instructor, Court Jones. Well, Stan, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing so much about your business and being vulnerable and talking about so many uh, things that are just right there inside of your business. I know this is going to be very valuable for many of our listeners. And I really appreciate you taking the time away from your family to do this tonight. And uh, I know what that's like, not getting a whole lot of sleep with a, a little toddler running around. Yeah, well, not running yet appreciate but. it <laughs> yeah oh okay <laughs> nearly yeah he just started holding I'll have him graduating up. here i think he laughed today for the first time oh yeah that was fun <laughs> so but yeah you're welcome i i hope your your listeners learned something i think i did for sure good also i'm probably <laughs> cool. going to go watch some more of your anatomy videos because they are awesome and you guys if you haven't already checked yeah, it we'll are. have links to all of this in the, the show notes you definitely want to check out his channel it's amazing all right. Well, if you are interested in any of those things that we talked about, we take all the notes for you. You can go over to sharpenedartist.com slash podcast, and you can probably just type in Stan and his show notes will come right up. And uh, there's that special link there that he mentioned uh, for that anatomy course. Also, if you like the show, do us a favor and tell someone else about the show. You can also give us a rating and or a review on Apple Podcasts. And this is a weekly show. So we record a show every single Monday and we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.